Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the people in this house. We thank you for uh, the fact that you love us so much that you gave us Jesus. Father, I pray tonight that you'd speak to us through this amazing story in your word and may it just touch our hearts. I pray for every person who came in here tonight carrying something that they shouldn't be carrying. I pray that you would be their burden bearer tonight. You say that your weight is light, that you can carry our cares, that we need to cast them upon you because you care so much for us. I pray that if there's anyone here tonight that feels like they're on their own, that nobody knows, that nobody cares... Right now, I pray that they would know that you, Father God, care so much about them that you sent your first and your best to die on a cross so that they might have eternal life and relationship connectedness with you, that you would never leave them, never forsake them, that you will be there all in all and their burden bearer. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Well, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. I was meeting someone in the greeting time, and I said, hey, good to see you again tonight. And they said, well, you told me this morning you were going to preach something different, so I figured I'd come back tonight. I think that's a pretty good reason to be in church. You know, I read a lot of books, and uh, one of my most favorite book titles of all is this one. It's called Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. I am convinced that is right. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. There are times I'll do things at home and Megan will say to me, are you going to do that when you get up to preach on Sunday night? And sometimes I say, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do because everybody's normal until you get to know them, right? Some of you who are married would know what I'm talking about. When you get close to somebody, you realize they look normal out there. But when you get close to them, you discover, well, they're not so normal. I don't know if you've been on holidays with somebody, you thought it was a good idea. I'm going to, you know, we're family holiday, we're going to invite these friends along and they're going to come on holidays with us. And you didn't know them very well, seemed like a good idea at the time, but then once you'd spent a long weekend in a leaky tent or a miserable caravan playing canasta or whatever it was, you begin to realize everybody's normal until you get to know them, right? So some of you with me, right? I find that whenever we take a long haul flight, I'm going to have Megan on one side and I'm going to have some random person on the other side. And after about 15 hours of fighting over the armrest, you know, you quick, like they move and you quickly grab it and you're not letting go like, I need to go to the bathroom. But if I lose this armrest, it's like nine more hours. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. The funny thing is, while you're thinking they're weird, they're thinking the exact same thing about you. And that's just the way it is in life. The truth is, I've discovered that all of us are a little bit strange, a little bit unique. We all have our quirks. We all have our little strange kind of things. The reality is that most of us just have issues. Is that right? Lady in the front row agrees with me. We're going to talk about that afterwards. It's wonderful. We all have issues. Come on. I know we're in church tonight. Has anybody in here got a few issues that you'd like to deal with? I just think we all have issues. We're all a little bit strange. But tonight I want to talk to you about the more serious issues 
the serious issues that we don't like talking about, the ones that some of us can struggle with from time to time. I want to talk tonight about the emotional issues, the psychological, the relational issues that many people battle privately with and they wish that they could be free of them, but they just don't know how to do that. And the reason we're talking about that tonight is because if you want to flourish in life, if you want to make a difference in your generation, if you want to be used by God, you've got to learn to deal with your issues. And so we're going to look at that tonight. The, the, the message, if you want a title, is the key to overcoming your issues. So if you've got issues, welcome to the club, right? You're in the right place tonight. Activate Church, we all got issues tonight, okay? But we're going to deal with them. And I believe that if you receive this word, if you will believe it, if you will act on it, you're going to leave there, as I said, issue-free in Jesus' name. That's what I'm believing for. I'm believing at the end of this service, we get in our car and go out to supper or go where you go. And you go, man, I am free of that thing in Jesus' name. That's what I'm going to believe for. Mark chapter 5 and verse 25, I want to introduce you to this lady. It says, and a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. We could just pause right there. There's a woman in this story, the Bible says, who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. And yet instead of getting any better, she only grew worse. You know, this account is called the woman with the issue of blood. And it's called that because in Mark chapter 5, we meet this anonymous woman who for a few brief moments steps into the spotlight of Scripture and grabs our attention because she has a desperate situation. From what we can tell, she woke up one morning with her period. But after a week, the bleeding hadn't stopped. And soon in the village that she was a part of, Everybody knew about this woman's plight and so doctors were sought and remedies were paid for and hopes rose and fell as one treatment after the other failed. It wasn't long before the money ran out and things became desperate. And I'm convinced that a once vibrant lady was reduced to a shadow of her former self. By the time we meet this woman in Mark chapter 5, her body is wasting away. Her husband has long divorced her and she's on the street begging for food. Friends, I want you to see tonight that what began as a medical issue has grown into a financial issue, an emotional issue, even a spiritual issue. And that is because in the eyes of the law, this lady was called unclean. See, back then, blood represented life. And so for you to bleed and to keep on bleeding was a form of death. People treated you like you were dead because you were bleeding. And that meant that you were excluded from social interaction of all kinds. It meant that anything that you touched and anyone who touched you purposefully or accidentally was rendered instantly unclean as well. Sexually. This lady couldn't go near a man. Domestically, she couldn't wash dishes. She couldn't sweep floors. She couldn't cook meals. And spiritually, she was banned from the temple. She couldn't walk in here tonight, back in those days. Twelve months 
would have been a heck of a long time to endure an issue like this. But by the time we meet her, this lady's been suffering for 12 years. So, so let's understand tonight, this lady in Mark chapter 5 didn't just have issues. After 12 years of suffering, her issues had her. It was all that she knew. And so I want to say respectfully, if you've never had any issues, just take notes for a friend tonight, okay? But for the rest of us who know what it is to deal with some issues in life, could be relational issues, maybe broken trust with somebody, maybe issues of loneliness, maybe emotional, physical issues, You could be struggling with health issues tonight. And like this woman, you know what it is to have one treatment after the other, after the other, after the other, and it doesn't seem to get any better. Or maybe tonight your issues are work-related. And it's Sunday night, but your head's already into work tomorrow because there's stuff going down right now with colleagues or bosses or people in your workplace, and it's like, it's just a massive issue in the workplace. And maybe you're here tonight and your issue's are in your marriage. And no one outside of you and your partner would know about that, but right now the issues are right there, so close to home. Or maybe tonight they're issues of faith. Maybe you were here this morning, I said some things and you felt like, I don't know, it stirred you up a little bit, you needed to be here tonight. Or maybe you weren't here, but you're just trying to understand some things in your faith. Maybe they are issues of self-worth. Truth is, all of us, face issues from time to time. But I want you to see tonight that when our issues are allowed to remain, when they stay in our life and we don't deal with them, they have a way of slowing us down and shrinking us back and life gets very small and very contained and very limited. I'm saying tonight that unresolved issues in your life will keep you small, They'll keep you from your destiny, all the wonderful things that God has for you, and they will keep you from receiving from Him. You know, you'll come to church and you'll sing those songs and they're just words to you. Maybe they're for somebody else, but that's not your experience. You'll read in here all these wonderful promises, but you'll say, well, that's great for them, but it's not true in my life. Issues will do that to you. But I want you to notice tonight when everything changed for this lady. I want you to see when everything changed for this woman. 12 years of issues, 12 years of suffering. But everything changed, verse 27 says, when she heard about Jesus. Everything changed the day that she heard about him. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And when did she get her faith? When did things start to change for her? When she heard about Jesus. I don't know what she heard, but presumably she heard about his fame. She heard about the miracles. She heard about the healings. All she did was hear about Jesus. And when she heard, obviously faith rose up in her heart and she made a decision. I can picture her making this decision. She said, man, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. She made a decision that day because she heard about Jesus. And so in her weakened condition, she got up from where she was living, she finds out where Jesus is and she makes her way in his direction. I want to ask you tonight, do you think that she felt like doing that? 
Do you think anything in her felt like getting up, going out into the people and looking for Jesus? I don't think that she felt like doing that. But I want to say something tonight that some of you may need to think about for a while. And it is this. Friend, when you start believing, you will stop making excuses. When you start believing, you will stop making excuses. There's a lot of people in life that go through a lot of stuff and they can tell you a million and one reasons why they're going through those things. They can tell you that this happened and that happened and something else and something else and something else. And so could this lady. But when she started to believe that Jesus could be the answer for her situation, she stopped making excuses and she took action. See, when you start believing, you put those excuses away and you start to pursue your answer. And so she steps out. She steps out, but immediately she does. She encounters a problem. Have you noticed that happens in life? It's like you make a decision to do something for God and you get all excited about it. You take one step and bam, it's just like you're hit with everything. Why is that? Well, that's a message for another day. But we know we've got an enemy who doesn't want us going forward, right? So you make a decision, you can expect some opposition. See, this huge crowd had formed around Jesus and the crowd stood between her and her miracle. It's a problem many people are familiar with. It's a problem of proximity, a problem of positioning. This lady wasn't close enough to the one who had the solution to her problem. She wasn't close enough to the one who had the answer to all that she needed. See, her positioning as this crowd grew larger and larger and larger, more and more barriers set themselves up between her and her answer. In the form of people, in the form of a crowd. And I want to suggest that the same thing happens today. See, friend, listen to me tonight. The problem is never with the size of our issue. Say, man, it's a really big issue I'm dealing with. That's not the problem. The problem is never with the seriousness of our issue. The problem is always with our proximity to the one who has the answer for our issue. He can do anything. Our problem is always to do with our proximity to the one that has the answer. And so the more that we shrink back and the more that we hold back, the more that the barriers begin to grow between us and our breakthrough. For you tonight, that could be barriers of doubt. Well, I'm not sure if I believe all that stuff. Okay, that's a barrier. Could be barrier of fear. Ruth was talking about it before. Fear holds people back. Fear stops people from moving forward. I've met great people with a great call upon their life that are afraid to go out of their house, get in a bus or a train, go on a plane. They're afraid. Someone's going to blow it out of the sky. They're afraid. Someone's going to attack them. They're afraid they're going to get caught up in a terrorist attack. And so fear can be a barrier to you. Could be a self-imposed barrier of unworthiness. Well, I know Jesus has the answer, but, but all those things I've done and all those things I've said, and it's a barrier. And the more that we hang back, the more the barriers begin to grow. This lady had a problem. Her positioning was wrong if she wanted what only Jesus could give her. 
Her positioning was wrong. So I want to ask you tonight, how's your positioning? How's your proximity to Jesus? And I ask that question because it is so, so easy to be around Jesus, but not ever be impacted by him. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's easy to be in the crowd, but not make the connection with him. I grew up in the church. I remember 10th of, uh, 6th of May, 1980, being at Ramwick Racecourse and listening to Billy Graham preach the gospel as a 10-year-old kid. And I remember sitting there listening to that and just sensing the I didn't understand it as a 10-year-old, but the power of God, that message coming. And it's like, man, I've so got to respond. But it was my birthday. And I was darned if I was going to go forward and make some Christian thing. I wanted to go to SeaWorld. But my parents took me to Billy Graham, right? I didn't want to go to church on my birthday, 10th birthday. So you know what I did? As a 10-year-old kid, I hung on to the seat Metal seat, Randwick Racecourse. I hung on with dear life because I was not going to give my parents the satisfaction of becoming a Christian on my birthday because they didn't take me to SeaWorld. You can be around Jesus but not make the connection. Took me a few years to get my head straight and then I did make a decision for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But hers was a problem of positioning. She was not in Jesus' schedule. And so she hung back. In fact, at the precise moment that she saw him, Jesus was busy with somebody else, the Bible tells us, and this guy was somebody important. The differences between them couldn't have been greater. Jairus was a ruler in the synagogue, whereas this lady had not even been in church for 12 years. She wasn't allowed to go to church. And he was the ruler in the church. He was the head of a large household. She was alone on the street and begging for food. He was well known. He was respected. She was nameless and ritually unclean. And so because of all those barriers, she stopped and she stood at a distance and she watched as Jesus passed by. And you know the worst thing about that? As she watched Jesus go towards Jairus' house, she could see her miracle disappearing. She was literally watching her miracle going past But all the barriers told her she had to stay back because Jesus had a bigger need to attend to, a more important person to deal with, a bigger problem to fix. And so she did what some of you are used to doing. She watched Jesus from a distance. She she was there, but she just watched him from a distance. I want to say tonight, you can attend church for years And never connect with the one that this is all about. It's so sad. You can miss all that God has for you by not connecting with the one that this is all about. You can let someone's experience, and we talked about this a little bit this morning, mess with what you believe and mess with what you believe you can receive from God and allow that to, do, to steer your life down some crazy paths instead of just believing that God loves you so much that he's got good things in store for you. But I'm telling you tonight, if you want a breakthrough, 
If you want a breakthrough, you have to do what this lady did in Mark chapter 5. Because as she stood at the edge of that crowd and she watched as her miracle was about to pass by, I reckon she had a decision to make. She decided either I'm going to turn around and go back to my lifetime of issues or I'm going to break with tradition, I'm going to ignore the barriers, and I'm going to step into the unknown. In that moment, she had to make a heart-pounding, no-guarantees leap of faith. But that's exactly what she did. One minute, she's watching Jesus from a distance. The next, she's heading for that crowd. Can you imagine what must be going through her head? She's going towards this crowd as she reaches the edge of the crowd and she begins pushing people out of the way. Every person she touches is now ritually unclean, 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 unclean. They can't go to church. They've got to go through all this purification rituals. She knows that. And the punishment for that in her day was death by stoning. She hasn't touched anyone for 12 years And now she's making all these people unclean. But do you know what kept her moving? The literal translation of verse 28 says, For she kept on saying, If I touch his garment, I will be made whole. If I touch his garment, I will be made whole. If I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. What was she doing? She was speaking to her spirit. I think she was speaking to her fiat. She was speaking to all of the barriers that held her back. See, the law said you are unclean. The law said you are unworthy. The law said you got way too many issues to expect a a breakthrough from Jesus. But I'm telling you, on that day, that woman was willing to break every law in the hope of encountering grace. And there are times when you just get so fed up with your situation that you say, I don't care anymore. I'm going to break with tradition. And if they think that, well, let them think it. But I've gone too far that I'm going to allow this thing to hold me back any longer. That's where this woman got to. That's what faith does. See, faith comes and moves, but it always requires action. Faith requires you to take a step. You've got to get out of your comfort zone and do something. You've got to take a step. You know, when God called us to minister to the broader body of the church, we'd led a church or two churches for 16 years. We know what it is to pastor churches and plant churches and buildings and all of that. But when God called us to do that, we're like, all right, Lord, so where's the finance coming from? And he said, well, I'm your provider, Jehovah Jireh. But Lord, we've got two full-time incomes and we've got all this stuff and we can write things off to the church and we can get on a plane and visit our kid center in Cambodia and the church pays for it and isn't that wonderful? And we've got mobile phones and laptops. I tell you what, it's a wonderful thing when work provides all of those things. And the Lord said, yeah, you give all those things up and you trust me to be your provider. Oh, and by the way, keep your kid center in Cambodia, 400 street kids, and you will finance it. I'm like, well, all right, Lord, I'm not being paid anyway, so I figure I might as well take on another responsibility. I'll just trust you. See, faith requires you to take a step. It requires you to believe him at his word and take a step, not knowing what's going to happen. Because if you knew, it wouldn't be faith, right? And so in the midst of this surging crowd, the Bible says this desperate, bleeding woman, can you picture it? She comes up behind Jesus for she said, If I can just touch his garment, I will be made 
whole, even if I never speak to him, even if he never looks me in the eye or notices me, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. Friend, all she knew that day was he was there and he was good. And if she could just touch him, she would get her miracle. But I don't want you to miss tonight that it was the grasp of her faith and not the grasp of his garment that healed her that day. It was the grasp of her faith. And here it is. This is what changed everything for that lady in Mark chapter 5 and will make the change in your life. She made a move and then Jesus made a way. She made a move and then Jesus made a way. That's what you've got to get tonight. I'm saying that healing and wholeness and breakthroughs begin when you and I are willing to take a step. When we make a move, and that's different for every person in this room. God will speak to you about what you need to do. But when he speaks and you obey and you take a step of faith, when you take a step, he will make a way. But he doesn't make a way unless you take a step. You've got to take a step for him to make a way. I know that because God has never rejected a genuine step of faith. In the whole of the Bible, we see him again and again and again responding to people who have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We can't make God happy without it. Because faith, as Ruth was saying earlier, is trust. It's trusting him above our circumstance and situations and problems and finances and bills and relational tensions and job issues. It's trusting him to be bigger than those things. When you're willing to take a step, he will make a way. Now, don't forget, Jesus wasn't having a healing meeting that day. Jesus wasn't having a healing meeting and this lady did not ask if it would be okay. She just crawled in there and she took her healing and she was trying to sneak off without anyone noticing. Look at it, verse 29. It says, and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Notice that her faith said, when I touch him, I'll be made well, right? That's what her faith said. And when was she healed? When she touched him, right? She took a step. And then he made a way. And I want you to notice that the blood dried up and then she felt it in her body. She didn't feel something changing and go, wow, something's changing. I'm ready to believe. Oh, no, no, no. She believed and then it changed. That's the hard part, right? We just wish we could see it all, but it doesn't work like that. She believed, she spoke, she took a step of faith and then the feelings came. Verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. That word power is the word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite from. So power, explosive power flows out of him and into her. And now she feels in her body that she's whole. Must have been a freaky thing, right? So if you're sitting here tonight wondering if God is big enough or powerful enough to deal with the issues that you're struggling with right now, please understand, this poor lady had wrestled with hers for 12 long years, but it didn't take 12 seconds for her to be healed when she came into contact with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So whatever you're going through, he's big enough to deal with it. He's good enough to deal with it. Verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. And so he turned around in the crowd, look at this, and he asked, Who touched my robe? 
And the disciples said, Jesus, look at this crowd pressing all around you. See, understand, there were hundreds of people that were touching Jesus. They were touching him accidentally. They were touching him out of curiosity. Some of them were touching him because they wanted a selfie with somebody famous. And they were touching Jesus, right? Hundreds of people were touching him. And yet how many people who touched him were healed that day? It's not a trick question. How many who touched Jesus were healed that day? One, right? Only the one who took a step of faith. Now, do you think that every person in that crowd that had some problem, some issue, could have believed and received from Jesus that day by touching him? Could every person have done that? Yes, they could. There was power there for miracles. Dynamite power, apparently. But where the crowd touched Jesus accidentally, I want you to see that she touched him purposefully. And there's a big difference. She touched him to receive something. And the moment she did, it was like plugging into the power socket. It was like, bam, she was hit by the power of God. I want you to know something tonight. Faith is a conductor of the power of God in the same way that a wire is a conductor of electricity. Now, I am not an electrician. If you are, God bless you. You can fill us in a little bit more afterwards. Megan's saying, no, he's definitely not an electrician. But I do know some things about conducting electricity. I know that there are some things that conduct electricity very well. And there are other things that don't. Now, for something to be a good conductor, what do you need? Well, you need something, electrician will tell you, with low resistance. Think about that. If you're going to conduct electricity, you must have low resistance. See, some objects have high resistance, and they're not good conductors. Because they have high resistance, the power won't flow through them. Things like wood or rubber. Electricity will flow to it, but it can't flow through it because it's a resistor a lot of resistors in the body of Christ where the power will flow to but the power will not flow through because there's resistance but there are some things like silver and copper and gold that have a very low resistance And so the power comes into contact with silver or gold or platinum and metals like that. And the power is able to flow. See, there are all kinds of people touching Jesus that day. But there was no flow from him to them. Why not? Well, because there was resistance. All kinds of people touched him out of curiosity. They touched him because he was famous. They touched him for a whole bunch of reasons. And I'm telling you what, a whole bunch of them that touched him walked away and they said, I don't know what all that was about. Just some guy in sandals. I know they said a lot about him, but I didn't get any. Did you get anything, Brian? No, I didn't get anything at all. I don't know. It looks like a nice guy and all those disciples and whatever, but I didn't feel a thing. Friends, people sat in the same room where Jesus preached, right? This is Jesus we're talking about. The word preaching the word, right? You know, you're sitting there, Jesus, the, the, the guy who, you know, the word, the living word, is preaching the word. And they walked away with nothing. Nothing at all. 
just like you could sit here tonight and listen to this word and where there's power to heal and where there's power for your breakthrough and power for provision, you could sit here tonight. It is all right here in the presence of Jesus, but you could leave here tonight with nothing at all. See, it's not all up to God. He's provided it, but it's requiring your faith to reach out and receive it. See, anytime the word of God is proclaimed, the power is there. There's power there to heal. There's power there to be born again. There's power there to be delivered. There's power there to be filled. There's power there to be blessed. The answer is there. The power is there. But if you just hear this tonight as the words of some guy in skinny jeans, and that's where you leave it, it's like a block of wood pressing up against a live wire. Nothing. No flow. Resistance. But I'm telling you, if tonight you will say, this is the word of God. I believe this. Man, I've got some issues that I want to be free from as well. I'm going to receive this word tonight. I'm sick of dealing with that stuff. I've tried in my own strength and I can't do it. So I'm going to believe tonight that if I take a step, he will make a way. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm going to believe that. I'll tell you, you'll start receiving. You say, man, he might have looked a little bit funny in those jeans with his knees sticking out, but it's good because I received something and thank you, Lord. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. But if you want a breakthrough, you do have to step out by faith. You do have to lay a hold of it. I'm telling you, if you'll take a step tonight, God will make a way. Look at it, verse 33. Then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. She knows she's broken the law. And who's Jesus with? Oh my goodness, he's with Jairus. Jairus is the leader of the synagogue. This is not a big town. He knew her. She knew him. She had been barred from the temple for 12 years. So she thinks she's in trouble. She just hoped to sneak in there, get a healing and get out of there. But now she's thinking, oh no, maybe Jesus will take my healing away from me. And so verse 33, she came and she fell to her knees in front of him and she told him what she'd done. It's like a naughty little schoolgirl. She's like, oh, Jesus, all right, well, I'm really sorry. I snuck in here and I took my healing. Now, look at it, look at it. And he said to her, daughter, you are so lucky to get your healing today. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea that that was going to happen. But you must be the lucky one that God wanted to pick for a healing. Is that what it says in your Bible? Is that what Jesus said? No. Did Jesus look at her and say, oh, daughter? That's because my power and my anointing and my favor has made you. Is that what Jesus said? No, no, he didn't say that. Jesus didn't say any of those things. Friend, listen to me. The power did flow from his anointing, but he didn't acknowledge that at the time. Jesus, listen carefully. He looks at this lady who has not heard a kind word in 12 years and he calls her daughter. Do you realize this is the only time in the Gospels that Jesus ever called a lady daughter? This is the only time. Can you imagine how that must have made her feel? Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And when I read that up in the lounge this afternoon, God said to me, 
That is a word for people in this room tonight that will take it and receive it. Friend, if you've been wrestling with something, struggling with something, his word to you is son or daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Now listen to it. Your suffering is over. When we first met this lady... She was unclean, she was discouraged, she was desperate. But now in the presence of Jesus, she's healed, she's whole, she's free. But for that to happen, she had to take a step of faith and believe that he's good and somehow he's going to make a way. You know, Ben, you can come. Tradition records that this lady never forgot what Jesus did for her that day. That having been forever changed... She stayed close to Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about these women, this group of women, aside from the disciples, that followed Jesus around and they took care of his needs. They believed that this lady was one of them, that she connected with Jesus and she stayed close to him for the rest of his life. Historians believe that this lady was in the crowd as he carried his cross through the streets of Jerusalem. And as the sweat and the blood began to sting his eyes. This lady once again ran out from the crowd, but this time it was to wipe the head of her saviour. Friend, in her greatest hour of need, she received a touch from him. And I like to believe that in his greatest hour of need, he received a touch from her. What is it that you're struggling with tonight what is it that you just need to be free from that you're just so sick of struggling with and wrestling with because I'm here to say if you tonight will take a step of faith I believe he'll make a way I don't know how he will do it that's God's business but I believe that if you'll take a step of faith tonight in just a moment when I give you that opportunity Something is going to shift because God responds to his word and because he's good and he's good all the time. And you might go home and say, well, I don't feel any different. I don't look any different. But I'm telling you, friend, if you take that step tonight as a step of faith, something is going to change. Something is going to shift because the life giver is going to step into your world and he's going to change some things for you that you can't do in your own strength. You say, but Pastor Andrew, you have no idea what I'm facing right now. You don't know what my issues are. You don't know in my family, in my marriage, in my job. You don't know how many issues I'm struggling with. And you're right, I don't. I have no idea. But I do know that if you'll take a step of faith tonight and you draw near to him, the word of God says, he will draw near to you. And you'll never be the same again. You say, but Pastor Andrew, I'm all alone in this thing. I... I bring it to God at night at home, but I'm all alone. Friend, please hear me. You're not all alone. You are not all alone. Hebrews chapter 11. We read about all these Old Testament heroes of faith. They overcame all kinds of big issues. 
They did great things for God and each one of them did it by taking a step of faith, by doing what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. Even with all of their challenges and all of their issues, the Bible says that Abel made it and Enoch made it and Noah made it and Sarah made it and Abraham made it and Isaac made it and Jacob made it and Joseph made it and Gideon and David and Samuel. And in addition to all of them, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us there's this great multitude of everyday people whose names are aren't in the book and they made it without a Bible to read. They made it without a great small group to be a part of. They made it without being part of a great church like this. They made it because they took a step and they trusted that as they did, somehow God is going to make a way. They just took a step. And here's the best part. Not only did they make it, but in Hebrews chapter 12, did you know the Bible says, that all those people are on their feet tonight in the grandstands of heaven. They are cheering you on, the Bible says. Can you imagine them? Thousands and thousands and thousands of them are on their feet in the grandstands of heaven and they are cheering you on. So believe me when I tell you, you are not on your own. Someone is watching you. Someone's encouraging you. Someone is praying for you. Someone is standing up for you. Someone is trying to let you know that you have gone too far and been through too much stuff to allow some issue or some problem or some sickness or some financial lack to keep you from all that God has for you. I'm going to ask every person in this room, stand to your feet, put down your Bible. We're going to make a decision tonight that if we want to be free from this issue, this problem, that we're going to take a step and He's going to make a way. If tonight, that's you. If you want to be free from something, maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need a financial miracle. Maybe you need healing in your emotions. Maybe you need a breakthrough in relationship. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to count to three. And when I reach three, I want you to take a physical step. Sometimes we just got to take a step. And by doing that physically, you're declaring before God that you mean business with Him, that you will trust Him. You don't know how it's going to happen, but you believe that He's the God of the impossible. By getting out of your seat tonight and coming to the front, you say, yes, God, I trust you. I don't know how, but I will trust you. Are you ready? If you need healing in your body, on three. If you need healing in your emotions, on three. If you need a breakthrough tonight, on the count of three, I want you to come and stand down the front. Take a step of faith. You take a step and He'll make a way. You ready? One, two, three. Come right now. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.